0: From NJ.com, this is Talk is Cheap, a New York Giants podcast. We're talking big blue football all year round. Welcome, Board Giants fans, to episode 82 of Talk is Cheap, our New York Giants podcast right here on NJ.com. I'm Joe Giglio, joined as always, and this time it's a different setting here. As we're all in the same studio, I think for the first time ever we're together, along with James Cratch and Dan Duggan. It's, it's weird, I could see you guys. James, how's it going? I'm going well, Joe. How are you? I'm doing well. Dan? Joe, good to see you. Yeah, this is it's different, and hopefully it comes out, and, and you guys like this podcast. We get to do this together in the studio. Um, the Super Bowl is set. James, you're going to be heading down there. The Giants, of course, we know we are not there. We're going to talk about how they can get there, but yeah, we're doing this together in studio, and uh, it's Patriots-Falcons. So let's start there with a couple thoughts on the Super Bowl, and then we'll get into some Giants stuff. Um, and how the Giants maybe can get there. You were up there, right, James, at Foxborough uh, on Sunday? We're doing this podcast on a Tuesday morning.
1: Yes, I was there in Foxborough. Uh, really never was a game much. I, I thought that the Steelers might have a chance, and the Patriots kind of had that first drive, the drop down there, had to settle for a field goal. But you know, Pittsburgh just never really got in sync, and obviously the Patriots kind of pulled away in the second half. But you know, the Patriots – I still look at them, and I don't really know how good that defense is yet. I think you know, the Steelers losing Le'Veon Bell kind of changed that game. But we're going to really find out how good their defense is because we know how good the Atlanta offense is.
0: We do. I mean, they're amazing. And, and Dan, you used to cover teams up there in the Boston area and then the Patriots part of that. It's, it's amazing. It's just it's every single year. What, it's 15 years Brady's been healthy for a full season and they've gone to seven Super Bowls. Now, I mean, this, it's like you're running out of adjectives to describe what they do. It's like It's every year. No, and it's funny because now I'm removed
2: from it. I'm up here and I still talk to my father and my sister's a big fan and my friends – and they're always hemming and hawing, and, and they get so caught up in like one loss. And I'm just look, I'm, I, I step back, and now I'm around the Giants, who were a good team this year. Yeah. And you see how many flaws they have. But when you watch the Patriots week in week out, again, like my the fans, they they get all worked up, like they're gonna be in the Super Bowl. I, I literally, I told my sister, I was like, book your trip, you know, in, in November when I saw her at Thanksgiving or whatever it was, book your trip. And she didn't, and she had to book it, you know, uh, yesterday, and a few more bucks than she would have spent in November. But just, you just see this team, and it's it's if they don't get to the AC you change your game it's the biggest shock in the world they it to 11 <laughs> and so and you kind of pencil that in and then you looked at the AFC this year and you just knew they weren't going to lose I mean people were panicking after that Texans game when they put up 34 points against the number one you know total defense in the NFL they, won- they covered a 16 point spread and people in New England were still panicking it's really funny now for me to see from both sides but being on the outside again you're around other teams you watch other teams and you realize that, that they're just operating at another level I mean it really is amazing what they've done in this era
0: It's crazy. James, you just said a couple minutes ago, we're not still sure how good their defense is. And they haven't faced really a great array of quarterbacks this year. You know, the lead up to the Super Bowl and they got Osweiler. But it doesn't really matter, it seems like every year, how good they are. And I always think they have flaws. And yet they win 14 games, they get to the Super Bowl. It's just, it's their machine. They really have become... I thought they were done five years ago. I'll admit it. You know, when they started losing before the title game and the Ravens beat them, I was like,
1: ah... Their best days are over, and now they're not. It's like they're they're back again. Yeah, I I just think they have this uncanny ability to always kind of put themselves in the best position. You know, they, I think what Dan said. You know, you win the AFC East every year, and you tend to get. I mean, when was the last time the Patriots didn't have a bye? I mean, I can't even think off the top of my head. What I mean, six years ago, maybe yeah, something like that. I mean, so I think the fact they put themselves in that position to have the one game at home and then you're going to this to the AFC title game helps them. But yeah, I, I mean, you look, it's like Chris Hogan became the story. And you know, Chris Hogan, you know, no offense to him will probably have like two catches for twelve yards in the Super Bowl. And probably be somebody else that we've never really heard of that'll step up for them. It's just uh I think it's almost like a college program up there. You know, the faces change, you know the names change. They kind of have interchangeable parts. They plug in, they plug out I think Belichick kind of signs guys, and he's already figured out when he's going to cut them and how he's going to, you know, do that and all that. But they're just, they're a very unique model for the NFL. I don't think you really can copy what they do up there. I mean, some teams have, and I don't think it's really worked that much. But they're a special team, and, you know, we'll see how good their defense is, obviously. But then again, I don't know if they're, I mean, I think if you look at, you know, Defense, offense. If you want to say a top scoring defense, top scoring offense. If you want to consider that a wash or something, then I think the Patriots might have the edge with their offense against Atlanta defense, which has been a lot better in recent weeks. But I, I still think they're kind of vulnerable there.
0: Yeah, and you know we we're talking about the Giants heading into this thing, and, and how you know because we look at this these teams in the Super Bowl like, all right, how far are the Giants away from this? And you know you guys covered a playoff game this year. And Dan, before we start recording, we were kind of joking that of these two teams that are in the Super Bowl. If the Giants are going to model themselves after anybody, the Falcons seem like the more realistic model. And I mean, that team, I I still don't think they get enough credit for how good they were this year. Maybe it's because they play in Atlanta. Maybe because Matt Ryan, maybe his bland name. I don't know what it is, but... That offense, I mean, they remind me of what Peyton Manning was with the Colts, like just how it's a machine or maybe even the greatest show on turf. Like this offense is unreal. And it'd be nice if the Giants, you know, for everyone out there listening that just wants them to score a little bit of points was half the offense the Falcons is.
2: Yeah, no, I'm guilty of sleeping on the Falcons. I thought they would lose at home to the Packers, and, and certainly that prediction didn't go that well. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of factors. It is. They're, they're kind of just a bland team. You know, Matt Ryan is, is just so— I don't even know how to describe it. It's kind he's, of boring. Yeah, he's just boring. And, then, and he puts up good numbers every year, and then they lose in the first round, and then they don't even make the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, it just seems like it's clicked this year for whatever reason. He's obviously playing at an MVP level. I think he'll definitely win that award. Uh, but you don't look at him and, and say that that's Tom Brady or that's Aaron Rodgers. He, he's just kind of... I don't even know how to describe him. It's just like mechanical. He's very good, but he doesn't do a lot that wow you. He doesn't make those Aaron Rodgers plays where he runs around for you know fifteen seconds and throws something rolling left. He's just so solid. But I mean, that, and that shouldn't be a putdown. It's a compliment nice, that he's just yeah. every quarterback should be that. Yeah, unbelievably efficient. But it is. It's an interesting team because I'm mean, you know I'm looking at their records here. I mean, they went four and twelve, six and ten, eight and eight, eleven and five. I mean, that's a pretty steady climb. It does show though, it's a process. I mean, what the Giants did this year pretty impressive to go from 6-10 and 10 to 11-5, and that usually isn't the case. It usually takes a little bit of time, and, and the Falcons have proven that, but I think the fact that they haven't been consistently good, it's hard to totally buy in. I mean, obviously what they did to the Packers will turn some heads, but I still have a hard time taking them seriously that they're going to beat the Patriots, and, and I know that's probably the same thought that people had when the Giants did it. I mean, when you talk about the Patriots' dynasty, the Giants are the reason it's not, you know, the hands down greatest dynasty. ever, really. I mean, they that those six. those two years, I mean, that yeah, that totally disrupted what could have been. You know, obviously the undefeated season, and you said that have six. Um, so maybe the Falcons can do that. I still, yeah, it's it's strange. I just
1: have a hard time, despite what I've seen, still totally buying into this team. I don't even know why that is. I think it's because you know, when it was the Giants, you know, it was kind of like I mean, even if you know, obviously the Giants and. Uh, 08, you know, those seven seasons were, were major underdogs. But, I mean, it, it's the Giants, you know. It's a traditional, you know, powerhouse NFL. I mean, the Falcons, I mean, it's, you know.
0: They're the Falcons. They're the Falcons. <laughs> you know,
1: what I mean, look, Atlanta, you know, good team, you know, great quarterback, great offense. But, I mean, it's the Falcons. And
0: it's not just our perception. You know, you, they're, they're rarely on national TV. Aside, I mean, every team is, but, like, you know what I mean. They're rarely, until this year, yeah. like, that team we talk about.
1: You don't, like, think of, like, stirring old NFL films episodes with the Falcons. You think of Jerry Glanville. Of you know, yeah. The, the, the
2: closing of the Georgia Dome. Who had one memory of a great game of the Georgia Dome? You know no. what
1: I mean? I, I, the I, Super
0: Bowl when when they weren't in it. That's my memory I there. will
1: say this. I, I think I may have been – have you guys been to the Georgia Dome? No. no. All right. I, I've been to the – I went to the Georgia Dome three times in the span of three months in college. The uh, – they had, like, the LSU-North Carolina, like, kickoff game. Okay. Then the South Carolina played in the SEC Championship game my junior year, and then they played in the Chick-fil-A Bowl. Okay. The, the Georgia Dome— College football is what
0: your memory is. Yeah. yeah. other yeah. oh, events, WrestleMania. Well, well no. Yeah. My, my biggest— The Final Four.
1: My biggest—actually, I'll, I'll get to my biggest Georgia Dome memory in a second, but it was just a dump. I mean, I don't know if they changed it, but, like, all the seats— it was almost like they ran around to, like, movie theaters in the greater Georgia, you know, Atlanta area and just took extra seats and nailed them down. Like, all the seats were, like, different colors. It got loud in there, obviously. Open-air press box, like a multi tiered, which was kind of cool. But I mean, it just, you know, it just... Ugly looking building, and now they're building a spaceship next. Now door. they're building a spaceship. And that, look, that probably will help the Falcons. Yeah, they're going to play in this cool stadium, and they're going to, you know, they're going to open the stadium with some sort of banner. We'll find out which, you know, when we get to Houston. And I think that's probably going to help the perception of them. You know, that they're going to have a, you know, game on Monday Night Football. Probably. I mean, it might be the kickoff. You know, if they win the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. So, but yeah, I just think it's it's the Falcons. I mean, even when. You know, when you ha- even with the Eagles, when they play the Eagles, I mean, the Eagles are traditional, you know, there's a lot of history there. And the Falcons, they just they don't have that. Real quick, my fa- all-time greatest Georgia Dome memory. I think it was, like, second half. And, like, you know, college football fans know that you have all of those fan sites, you know, the websites that cover the team. And, you know, a lot of them do really good work. I remember just fans we kind of, like, get a free ticket to the game. So, South Carolina's, like, Auburn scores, I think it's, like, down out 28 points or something. And one of those fan site guys, he just had, had enough. And he packs up all his stuff and he just storms out of the press box. George Domeo, you know, his face is red. He's so angry. You know, South Carolina, twenty years waiting to get this game, and Cam Newton's just destroying them. And the guy is walking towards the door. I'll never forget. I'm watching this, and he looks to his left, and there's like a stack of Chick Fil A sandwiches and like brownies. And like he stops, pivots, picks up like two sandwiches and brownies, shoves them in his bag, and keeps going out the door.
0: Well, he wasn't going to get a win. At least he got his food. He got
1: his food. But uh, yeah, the Georgia Dome dump. If you've never been there, you didn't miss much. New place looks cool though. But I don't even know what we were talking about at the beginning. The Falcons. With. The Falcons. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's, I think it's part of the problem. I mean, you know, if if the if they, I mean, obviously, Patriots, Packers would have big brand name buzz. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Rodgers and the Packers. Yeah, yeah. Patriots, Cowboys. I think would have been like the Super Bowl to end all Super Bowls. But Patriots, Falcons. I mean, people but get this could excited. Could be a good game. Could be a really
2: good game. Even Julio Jones. I mean, this guy should be. At Odell Beckham level of fame, I don't think the average fan could probably even
0: recognize
1: him in a lineup. I he's, think he's
0: better than Odell Beckham. Uh, I, that's definitely I don't something think we can get into yeah. Yeah, and
1: like, look, and not that there's a big gap. I mean, no, Odell's no, right there, but, but I don't understand like what what the big deal is. Like, you know, it seems like you know, people are saying, well, Julio's the best receiver in game, and like then like you know people who support Odell. I mean, like, I, I mean, I don't think like you're, it's like saying you know. You know Pedro Martinez was the best pitcher in baseball. I mean, you weren't disrespecting Roger Clemens or, or, or Mike, Randy Johnson. Or Randy right, Johnson. They were all I mean, special. they're all special. That's why I think it is. I mean, look, I think Julio is the best right now. Uh, I think Julio is like 28 or so. Right. So in two years, chances are he won't be the best anymore, because he'll be up there in age. But you know, the, I really wish that we had seen Giants Falcons this year, just because I think Julio versus Jenoris Jenkins. I mean, it's kind of the matchup that we didn't get this year. Yeah. He's the best receiver, and I think Jack Rabbit was probably the best cornerback. In and he would have loved to try to cover him. Oh, I mean, that would have been great. A, a great lead into the week. I mean, you know, someone would have said something. I mean, that would have been tremendous theater, I think. So if I'm the Giants, I mean, that's the one matchup I kind of wish we had seen was Giants-Falcons just because, obviously, their defense versus that offense. But I think Janoris Jenkins versus Julio Jones would have been really something big.
2: But my point on Julio, though, it's just really remarkable that you can be that talented and, you know, play a premier position. And again, he's like an almost an anonymous guy. Like he, you never see him really on TV. I don't really picture him doing a lot of interviews, <laughs> ads or anything like that. And then you see him on the field. He's every bit as dynamic as Odell or any of these other receivers who get all the attention. It's it's strange. It kind of feeds into this whole Atlanta thing. And. It's like weird. We're kind of disrespecting them in a way, I feel, but but we're not. I mean, they're a phenomenal team. Yeah. They just don't have the buzz. But if you look at X's and O's, I mean, this should be a very even game. And Vegas thinks so. They open as a three point line. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, it, they're saying it's pretty even. And it's just funny that just a team to be this good and just not really have that buzz. Again, it's, it's people like myself were skeptical right up until they just absolutely demolished the Packers. I think that is going to change the perception quite a bit. But I, I, it kind of crystallizes with Matt Ryan, who's going to be the MVP and not a big, you know, commercial guy not a huge buzz guy i mean obviously he's a quarterback so more so but julio should be every bit the star that antonio brown is and odello you look at his numbers and he is but it's just funny he just kind of flies under the radar as much as a guy as good as he you know, it's possible for a guy like that to find the red. He does. Maybe you know, it's
1: their last
0: names, Jones and Ryan. <laughs> it's just like No, I
1: think it's weird though is like I was just thinking about this. I mean, I feel like Calvin Johnson was a lot bigger deal than Julio Jones was, and he's in Detroit. He had the nickname yeah. though, the Megatron. Yeah, he had the yeah, Megatron I don't nickname. know what it is. It's weird. Every, you know, this happens every once in a while. I feel like it's like the 2001 World Series. Like the the Falcons are like the Arizona Diamondbacks. That's a good like, comparison. No one's really taking. Like, ah, they're going to lose to this team, right. and then you know, hey, well, uh, they have stars well, though, well, like that team did. Honestly, I. Right. I get the feeling that I think that I don't know who I'm going to pick yet. I still got two weeks, but I think there's a very good chance the Falcons are going to beat the Patriots. I think that even more so in the past, usually when the Patriots go into Super Bowl, I think you feel pretty good that they're going to win. The game. And I think this is like 50, 50 because I just look at that, that offense and even the Patriots defense is good. I just, I don't know. I just think maybe, maybe Dan's right. We're not really respecting them. And, you know, all of a sudden, it's going to be 24-7 at halftime, and people are going to kind of go, whoa, it, we got this one wrong.
2: That, that would surprise me. I, I think the Patriots don't really never show up in a big game. They're always going to make it. It would be a good game, I would expect. But I don't think they're going to blow out the Falcons because I think that they are a good team. And, and even if you think about the Patriots and their Super Bowls, they're always down to the wire one way or another, win or lose. Every I mean, I, one's been close. Yeah, I can't think of one that
0: wasn't a one-score. I think they've all been one-score games. If yeah, I'm, the if Giants I'm. beat them twice. And they beat the Seahawks in the, oh, end. the end. of the game, and all the Vinatieri field, field, field goals. goals back in the day. And Donovan so, yeah. screwing up the Eagles' drive. Yeah, yeah. They so it's,
2: it's, it'll be. A, I'd be very surprised in a close game. It just seems that, especially we're kind of due. These playoffs have been horrible. I mean, we are due for a good game. <laughs> there hasn't been bad hey, a good game I mean, outside try. of the Packers Cowboys. And yeah. the
0: Steelers Chiefs was close, but, but like uh, there was, was not, six yeah. field goals. It uh, wasn't enjoyable uh, yeah. at all. No, the Packers
2: Cowboys kind of saved the first three rounds, and then we need we need a good Super Bowl to make up for everything else.
1: Patriots almost lost the last Super Bowl. They were in Houston. The, uh, to the Panthers. Yeah. yeah no, that With was Jake like, Delhomme. That what was I, almost I, was I, I, was sleeping
2: on the team. That Panthers yeah. team had
1: no buzz. and For people who are younger that weren't really you know fans, I mean. That was the 03 season, right? Yeah. I, but my point was I, I still don't think people would truly appreciate the fact that Jake Delhomme almost single-handedly beat Tom Brady in the Patriots. Yeah, they went Super toe-to-toe,
2: Bowl. too. It was like the third quarter, I think. There was like 30 points Yeah, And, and was fun he was down. Yeah, like, was. They,
1: they were down. I mean, he led them on a fourth-quarter comeback. I mean, like. People have always kind of made fun of Jake DeLonge. The man almost single-handedly beat Tom Brady yeah, in the a, Super
0: Bowl. He had a quick little run there when he, <laughs> he, he was... That legit. was a different Tom Brady, though. He's better yeah. at, oh, later yeah. in his career than he was in the beginning. Yeah, he, yeah. Was the, he was the pro-to-go game manager yeah. back then. You look at his playoff stats
2: back then. It was like 200 yards, maybe two touchdowns. Not a lot of picks, obviously. Through 25 times. Yeah. yeah. That,
1: that's always been amazing to me, like... You never would have thought, even when they had the three and four years, that Tom Brady was going to go from being, you know, this really good, you know, kind of steely-eyed missile man, you know, quarterback. And then when Moss shows up, he became like, the best.
0: I used to scream and yell that he wasn't as good as Peyton Manning. Like he no. wasn't even close. Yeah, he's past them. Yeah, he, that,
2: it, it's it's bizarre. Yeah. That that '07 season definitely changed Tim because he showed he could do everything Peyton did. Give him the yeah. toys. I mean, yeah. every every record Peyton had said he blew out of the water. Went sixteen
0: and zero. It kind of was tough to make that argument. Yeah, uh, it was. It went the other way. It yeah. swung. So to the Falcons, we were talking about them, and in terms of the Giants, right? Like they were in eleven to five. They were in a playoff game. That was it for them. Like, How do they get to where the Falcons are? And is that a good blueprint to try to look at it? I mean, I, I think about Matt Ryan, right? When We were talking about him. He's really good. He's going to win the MVP this year, most likely. But I think most fans, if you line him up, would say, right now Matt Ryan's better than Eli, but there's not that much difference quarterback-wise in their careers between them. They have Julio Jones, Giants have Odell. Why can't the Giants score like the Falcons, James?
1: I think, I mean, look, the other stuff. I mean, I think the Falcons have a better offensive line than the Giants. I think the Giants... I mean, we're kind of broken record. I think they need a tight end. The Falcons have the best fullback in the NFL, Patrick. How about DePonico, that, South Carolina product. So I think always throwing South Carolina. <laughs> not, hey, you know can. if you can. So I think you know that's something they have. I mean, the running game I, I think is getting there. Obviously, you know, I just think I think obviously the Falcons have more weapons, but I think they also have more weapons in key spots. I think Giants. You know, that's their big goal this offseason to kind of get this offense back around. I don't know if they're ever going to get the offense to be as good as the Atlanta offense but I think if you get a, you get a tight end in there, you solidify the offensive line. They already have the defense. I mean, the Giants' defense is much better than mm-hmm. the Falcons' defense, so they don't need to have that prolific offense. They just need to be up there. I mean, the, the bottom line is the Giants, when we talked about this, they, they lost seven points this year on their points-per-game average. I mean,
0: they it's, don't like don't a it's a lot. It's, it's a lot.
1: I mean, they don't need to average 33.8 points a game, which is why I think the Falcons, they're averaging 40 in the playoffs, so that's what they have, 33.8, I believe, in the regular season.
0: It's like we're down by that, just (laughs) (laughs) 33.8. They're insane. They don't need to do that. I mean, if they get
1: to 27, I think they're probably going to win 12 or 13 games next year. So that's why I think the Giants have to look, they're going to have to hit those key spots where they know they have weaknesses. That's how they get to the Falcons. Look, I don't think the Giants are all that far off. No, And I think that, with the right moves, the Giants might show up. You know, I was at the Falcons are probably going to be Super Bowl, the NFC favorites, no matter what, because I don't think they're losing a whole lot. They're pretty young. That defense is just going to get better.
0: The quarterback, obviously, is in, you know, he's not old. He'll he's be, not old. So, but I They mean, are going to lose Kyle Shanahan most likely. They're, they're going to lose that's, Kyle Shanahan. That's interesting. Which, yeah.
1: is, which is a big thing. But, I mean, look, I, I think if the Giants play their cards right in the offseason, and we'll, we'll talk about this, we got weeks to go, I think you're going to see them show up in training camp and it's going to be, okay, well, you know, Atlanta and Dallas and Green Bay probably. But I think the Giants could be right up there. I think the Giants, their goal this offseason has to be to get to training camp saying we made the, the moves necessary, in our opinion, to win the Super Bowl this year. I feel like this year was getting back to the playoffs, kind of reestablishing relevancy. I mean, this is a sprint to the Super Bowl. I mean, Eli's got, you don't know, this might be the last year for Eli. We, we talked about him last week. We don't think he's physically declining, but you don't know when that's going to happen. And I think that the Giants are pretty close, but I think they really have to kind of nail down with these deficiencies over the next few weeks because if they miss this window, I don't know when the next one's going to come around. You just don't know.
2: The thing about the Falcons offense really, though, when you look at it, if you line it up on paper against the Giants, it shouldn't be two touchdowns better per game. I mean, obviously Matt Ryan played at a much, much higher level than Eli did this season. But again, you talk about their best wide receiver is is even with Odell. Uh, You know, the number two receiver, like Sanu's had a great year, but is he that much better than or more productive than Sterling Shepard was? I mean, I couldn't even name their tight ends. I know they're better than the Giants almost by default. (laughs) Uh, But whoever they have. Yeah, I mean, their running back's, are better. I mean, clearly that's a nice two-headed monster they've done. And they, but it's they, not like they have
0: first-rounders there. Right, right, they
2: did a good job. That's that's why I'm so against first-round running back. Unless it's Ezekiel Elliott, they got, what, third- and fourth-round guys there. They're both solid, good players. They fit in well. I think the offensive line is probably underrated how much of a difference. I mean, I, we haven't underrated how big of a problem the Giants' offensive line was. That was a huge problem. I think the Falcons' offensive line definitely is, is a big advantage they would have if you match them up with the Giants. But I watched that game, and I know I've been banging this drum all season. It's that they just played a much more multiple offense, too. I mean, I haven't watched a ton of Falcons game, and you see them come out, and it's Matt Ryan's under center with two tight ends and a fullback. The next play, is in the gun with four wide receivers. They just are so multiple. It's creativity there. Exactly, and it's tough for defenses to defend. I think when Ben McAdoo sits down, you know, he's already done it, I'm sure. He's in the process of it, and just looks at what went wrong this season. I don't know how he can rectify the way they ran the same offense play in and play out, and it didn't work. And, and they just never changed. I know people are going to say that there was personnel shortcomings, but I think they handicap themselves by not just mixing it up a little bit more. And again, not the answer to everything, because again, the Falcons do have better offensive line, better running backs. But just watching the way their offense operated was just like, this is, and the Patriots, obviously the same way. The Patriots kind of set the mold. They never come out in the same thing. You don't know if it's going to be a LeGarrette Blunt game or it's going to be a Tom Brady throwing yeah, 50 never, times. You never know. But I just think that is so vitally important to mix it up. And, and that's what really jumped out to me. Why is this Falcons offense so efficient? Because what, what are they going to do? You don't know. They're going to pound it. They're going to throw it deep. They're going to use Sanu when all those underneath routes. I mean, I've never seen receivers so open. And, and that was kind of jarring. Wide open. The, this is the team that the Giants scored 13 points against two weeks ago. I know it's a little different conditions, and, and I know the Packers are a little bit more banged up, but my goodness, I mean, they could barely move the ball against these guys, or, or when they didn't move the ball, they'd have a big drop or whatnot, but uh, th- that was pretty jarring just to see the difference
0: and just how how much better the Falcons' offense operated. Should the Giants fans listening to us right now feel good about the Giants' chances moving forward or worried off what you said a few minutes ago, James? Like Because you're right, the window's open. The NFC doesn't—the like the Patriots almost like— if you're an AFC team trying to crack that, it's so hard. Outside of the Steelers, whoever Peyton Manning played for, and the Pats, outside of the Ravens, who always were kind of wedging their way, and nobody else cracks in the AFC. And then I heard during Sunday's game, uh, the Packers game against the Falcons, I think the Falcons are the 12th NFC representative of the last 16 years. Like the NFC is always way more wide open, yet you're saying you know with Eli... Feel good or not? Because the window is open, but it's not open very long. It feels like the Falcons' window is just opening, the Cowboys' just opening, the Packers' is open, Seahawks' is still open. I don't know how long Giants' is going to be open.
1: I think you should feel good about 2017. I don't know if you want to feel good about what's coming down the pike. One year. But then again, (laughs) I mean, look, you got to pick and choose. I mean, the bottom line is... I missed the playoffs four straight years in like what like six or seven years. I mean, this is this is what they're in. Sprinkled in a Super Bowl, made everyone Super forget. Bowl. Yeah, I made mean, everyone forget. I mean, look, this it's they're getting out of crunch time here with with Eli and everything, and you know they got to pay guys. You know, JPP Hankins are free agents. You know, they got they're gonna be able to bring back Richburg and Pew. How are they gonna work that out? You know, Odell's gonna need a contract at some point. Landon Collins is, – I mean they got some challenges, but this is, I think, as a, as a year for them to kind of put as much as it, put as put much of it together as possible and make a run at the Super Bowl. I think the Giants should watch this game in two weeks saying, our goal is to be there next year. They talked about it a lot this year. They seem very comfortable talking about it, but I don't think even – I mean, I know people were kind of saying, like, oh, the Giants get the Super Bowl. I mean – I never really thought they were a Super Bowl team this year. I thought they I thought they would beat the Packers, but I, I didn't know if they would necessarily get there. Yeah, all,
0: all year long you guys were saying that, that yeah. there was a ceiling here. We There's didn't know what ceiling. it was. We didn't know what it was. Didn't really say but Super Bowl. Next
1: year, I think that they will show up legitimately saying, well, the ceiling is the Super Bowl. I mean, they have to take care of business in, in the off season, but— yeah, I mean, I think you should feel really good about next year and the, the potential they have, but I mean, you're right. I, I don't think you look at this Giants team and say that they're gonna, their window is, is as open or will stay open as these other teams. But then again, it's the NFL and things change so quickly that, you know, if they hit it big and they you know, somehow get a quarterback, I mean, the whole thing could flip.
2: Yeah, I I think that you got to feel good going into next year just because of the defense. I mean, the defense, I mean, JPP and Hankins are are pretty much the only big guys they need to worry about, and I think they'll at least bring one of them back, if not both. Uh, But the fact that so many of that defense, that core of that defense is young. Mm -hmm. I mean, Landon Collins, Norris Jenkins, Olivier Vernon, uh, Snacks Harrison, all these guys are in their prime, not going going anywhere. Yeah, and uh, you get got a guy like Darian Thompson back who might have been a little bit of a missing piece this year. Eli Apple is going to get better. You go on and on, the defense... Is pretty much in place. I mean, again, you need to make sure you address JPP or, you know, find a suitable replacement. That's a big piece. But other than that, you got to feel good about kind of the bones of that defense. And then it comes down to the offense. I think that's where, you know, Reese, you can't fix, you know, four years worth of mistakes in one offseason. He did a good job. Obviously, he hit it out of the park with everything he did really last offseason. He needs to be just as good this offseason on the other side of the ball because, like James said, the window isn't that wide open, but if they can, you know, find a, a left tackle somehow, whether it's a veteran free agent, I think that's probably going to be the route they're going to have to go. In my opinion, I don't think they're going to get a franchise left tackle at 23. Um, fill in, you know, find a, a veteran wide receiver or even a young wide receiver to kind of take Victor Cruz's spot. Uh, Maybe find a running back somewhere. I mean, there's a lot of pieces there on that offense that aren't that far away, but he's going to have to hit it, and it's not going to be as easy as just kind of backing up the brink struck like he did last offseason with the defense. But I think you should feel good going into next offseason, again, just because of where that defense is and the fact that, you know, you still have Eli Manning and he's, you know, he's still capable. He showed it in that Packers game and he showed it in in flashes during the season. But uh, I think you should feel good going into next year. But like you said, the window's not – Open not gonna be open for too too long, so
0: you better better make it count right now. Yeah, it's not forever. Let, let's end on this. The one thing that I took away from the postseason, uh, among the quarterbacks dominating, home teams dominate, right? They were eight and two, I think, in the ten games, and the only two times the road team won, it was right, it was barely right. The Steelers barely beat the Chiefs, partially because Andy Reid flubbed the clock, and then <laughs> Aaron Rodgers just stole one from the Cowboys. How about that for next year with the Giants? Like we can talk about the talent level between these teams in the NFC, but the Giants never seem to have that, or they don't capitalize when they did. In like, 08, they had the best record, and they lost in their first playoff game. Should that be a big goal for next year, to get to win the at least win the division, which I know they, they'll say is the goal, but it makes a difference if you have a bye in home field. Like The Giants always seem to make it hard on themselves. They've won two Super Bowls going on the road, so everyone's like, ah, no big deal,
1: but it is kind of a big deal. Yeah, I think the, the bye helps. I mean— it's funny, because this Giants team this year was not a good road team.
0: Right. They were really good at home.
1: They were good at home, which I've always kind of – look, I mean, no offense to Giants fans, but I've never felt like MetLife Stadium is like presents one of the great home field advantages in the it's NFL. not like,
0: you know, Seattle.
1: No, it's not like <laughs> Seattle or, I mean – but then again, like, I feel like this is sort of overrated. Because everyone talks about Arrowhead. Well, I mean... I they mean, lost. The Chiefs lost to the Titans at Arrowhead Stadium. And they haven't year. won
0: a playoff game since Joe Montana. Was exactly. So like, how, how,
1: how great could this be? I mean, when I think about a home field advantage, I think Seattle is one... Uh, I, I do think Pittsburgh ha- has some of that. I, I would say I think the Patriots have some Minnesota. of that. Minnesota, Minnesota, definitely. But just
0: having to win less games. Yeah, I think that's a, yeah. that's yeah. the
1: biggest thing for them. I, I do, but I do think that this is not a very good road team. And you know, I know they beat the Cowboys in Week One, and people kind of hang their hat. But I do think there are certain, you know, I think to win on the road, you know, people say well, defense travels, and that's true. You also have to be able to kind of control the clock, run the ball. This Giants team didn't do that this year. And I mean, even if they add a guy, I mean, I, I have a hard time believing the Giants are going to suddenly show up and be like a top five rush offense next year. So I, I do think, in that sense, that it's important. It, this team is better off being at home. But then again, they'll get a bye, and then it's like, well, they're going to come out flat like they did in way against right. the Eagles, you know. So I, I think, I don't, I personally think the kind of home and away, bye, no bye, I think it's somewhat overrated in the sense that the best team is going to win. I mean, look, at the, you know, the, the Cowboys were at home, but I don't think they have a tremendous home field advantage in Dallas, and they were kind of flat. I, I just think it, there's so many variables involved, but I do think that you want to be home, and I think this Giants team probably is better being at home, but then again, I could see them getting a bye and then being flat off the bye week and people going, oh, what, what the heck just happened? So it's tough. I don't think it's imperative, but it, it would be a good idea to kind of push that bye next year.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's almost just simple math too. You'd rather just be one of the top two teams to have a buy, <laughs> yeah, let, like, let, with let the alone Patriots every year. They yeah, basically you basically have it. you just save a week right there, and you so you already have a leg up in the divisional round. And um, I mean, I think if you'd go back through the years, I mean, I haven't done this, but I think it's I'm feel pretty comfortable the teams that get the buys make the Super Bowl more often than not. I'm assuming obviously there's outliers like the Giants, but year in, year out. I mean, it's just, it's a simple fact too, because the reason you get the buy is because you're the best team all season. It's right. not a fluke usually. I and mean, you get a home game. Right. right. I mean, it was nice. Atlanta kind of, kind of lucked, lucked in there at 11 and five. It wasn't like they had a, you know, 13 and three type of season. And then but, the number one seed lost. So they got the title Yeah. Game. So things can obviously break your way. So you just want to put yourself in the best possible position. Obviously, I don't think anyone's goal is yeah. I will just take the wild card and go on the road. <laughs> right. I mean, that's, that's obviously, if you have to do it that way, you have to do it that way. But like I said, I think history tells you that if you win the division, you have a bye, you have a home game, you're just going to be in, in a better position, and, and of course, that should be the
0: goal. Yeah, it should. So the Giants have to look at these two teams and try to put themselves there, and uh, we have a whole offseason talk about it. So the offseason, all this stuff's coming up now, right? So we have the Senior Bowl going on this week, and the Super Bowl next week. James, you're going to be down there as one of our our many at the Super Bowl for NJ.com?
1: Yes, Team NJ.com will be down there, you know, obviously... Uh, Super Bowl media night or whatever, I mean, opening night they call it, will be Monday. Oh, it's late. a TV thing now. <laughs> big TV thing. Minute Maid Park, so I, I guess I'm going to maybe get to run up the – is the walls – is the kind of berm the still hill? there? The hill's still <laughs> They there? took the hill out. They took the hill. I mean, it's not course. even there anymore. Man, but – uh,
0: You could try anyway. I could try up.
1: anyway. You know, that will be there. I, I assume, you know, some of the Giants, you know, big-name Giants will probably be around. You know, media Row kind of try to catch up with those guys, see what, see what the buzz is, you know. Thought you know, obviously everyone in the league will be there. You know, kind of see what's going on. But yeah, just see what happens. Patriots, Falcons, and uh, should be a good one down in Houston. Never been to Houston, so gonna go check that out.
0: Should be fun. All right, we'll be back soon, doing another podcast and getting you guys ready for the off season, and uh, which should be a very interesting one around the Giants. They look for a, a quarterback behind Eli and a whole bunch of other things to put this team over the top. James, thanks for
1: uh, being in studio. Thank you, Joe. this is kind of fun. It was kind of awkward at first, you know. I'm used we to like the, other, yeah. the pauses, uh, you know, on the phone and everything. But uh, it was kind of cool. We should do this again sometime. Yeah.
0: Thanks, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Nice to have a conversation a little bit uh. face to face. <laughs> there you go. And thanks to all of you for listening to episode 82 of Talk Is Cheap. You can subscribe on iTunes, Twitter, SoundCloud, anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're there. We'll be back soon, right here on NJ.com.